I'll stop looking for the storefront for a little while, but let's just, I'm going to go look for me a truck. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, just something bigger than a car, a little, like, probably a Cadillac truck or something just to put all my stuff in. I wasn't thinking, you know, big ambulance. Right. But we <laughs> saw it and the price was right. Like, the price was cheaper than anything I actually thought I was going to go get. So it's like... Let's just get this, rip everything out, gut the whole inside, and set it up to travel. Yeah. Once it was actually done, it was so nice. Like, I wasn't, I would never think, you know, oh, let's go be vendors at a state fair. Or, because we were just doing small vending pop-up shops and stuff. But yeah. since I've gotten the truck, we've traveled to, like, Alabama, wow. Tennessee. Like, we just drive and travel to different things. And it's just... It's, I think this was probably one of the best things I could have did for the business. Get your water and keep some wine. I should have had some wine. With exposure, execution, and consistency, there is nothing you can't do. Just keep planting. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning back in to another episode on the Responsible Homegirl podcast. I am Kiani, the Responsible Homegirl, and this is a space that I have created so young adults can become financially responsible and wealth conscious. So the way that I do that is by one, sharing financial education, and then two, interviewing amazing, emphasis on amazing entrepreneurs who are building their wealth through business. So if y'all have been rocking with me, y'all know that I have a series on the podcast called Think Like a Mogul. And Think Like a Mogul is where I interview entrepreneurs who are either from South Carolina or live in South Carolina and they just are doing great things. Like it's so easy for us to glamorize what people have going on in other places, but I want to showcase the gems that we have right here and show y'all that there's absolutely nothing that you can't do. So today, y'all, I'm so happy with our guest. We're going to be hearing from the boss herself, um, another fellow Kingstrinian. Um, so LaQuinn, thank you so much for being on the podcast. How are you? Hey, I am doing good. How are you? I'm doing good, girl. Y'all, I'm so happy that men for one agreed to be on the podcast. And not only are we going to be talking about like how she grew her businesses from the ground up, but we're really going to be digging into her mindset and how she thinks like a mogul. Um, Nam, you know, we known each other from the shop days. Like y'all used to always come get y'all hair yeah. <laughs> be in my mama hair and fashion shows. So it's just a special type of feeling when you see like people actually grow up and build mm-hmm. their businesses, like see them from the start and just evolve and grow. So we're gonna have a real right. episode today. So Nan, I always start off the podcast with asking my guests, can you tell me about an irresponsible financial decision that you ever made? Uh, I've made so many. Um, Same. So I guess um, before I started doing what I actually do now, I was basically trying to find my way and see, you know, like, what do I want to do? How do I want to go about life? Like, basically just trying to see where do I want my life to take me from here on out so I started off doing so many things like I've spent so much money trying to find new things that I like to do I've done everything from nails Mm -hmm. hair 
I've been an artist. Like I started painting canvases. Um, I just blew a lot of money trying to find my way. I got so much nail supply stuff. I even been a photographer. Like I got backdrops, ring lights, everything. Mm -hmm. So I blew a bunch of money, like just trying to start new crafts, start new businesses, finding my way and everything like that. Um, which I still have everything today. Like I didn't sell any of the stuff yet. Cause I say, you never know. It might pay off in the end. Right. And I love the fact that you said that, um, like you blew a whole lot of money, like just trying to find your way for one. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that at all, because it's a lot of people at home not doing nothing because they too afraid to even try. Right. I love the fact that you're like, okay, whatever. I'm gonna just, you know, bet on myself. If it work, it work. If it don't, it don't. But on the other side of that, have you learned like the importance of like sticking to one thing? Yes. So, um, basically let me just tell you how this all started mm -hmm. so I have always been a a really smart kid in school like I was always an A student school was always my thing it was always for me so I went to college you know I graduated went to college and I called my mom from school I'm like mama I can't do this no more school is just not my thing it's not for me so my mama she like how is school not your thing? You know, you always been an A student. You love school. But right. my dad, on the other hand, he is a big risk taker. He just jumps in and go. He yeah. like, all right, if you want to drop out and quit, just do it. Which I'm not encouraging anybody to drop out and quit. This is just how I found my way. Right. So my mom, she's like, no, you need a backup plan. Don't quit college. You got scholarships. You're going to lose everything. My dad, he's like, just do it. Just go for it yeah so um basically um I tried a few different things um in the beginning and I finally found my thing um I started making t-shirts back in 2017 mm -hmm. and I also started sewing so I started sewing first I never sewed a day in my life I just really was always into fashion yeah. and um I started watching YouTube a lot YouTube taught me everything I know so um, I watched a lot of YouTube. I learned how to sew a prom dress. I learned how to make shirts and everything. It was graduation season. A lot of people wanted graduation shirts and things like that. So um, 2017, after trying so many different things, like while in college and throughout the years, um, I noticed, you know, all right, well, I'm not good at nails. I'm not good at taking and editing these pictures. I'm not good at a lot of stuff. So let me actually stick to what I'm good at. I knew how to design. Um, I took a graphics class before. So mm -hmm. I knew how to design a shirt. YouTube basically taught me how to design a dress. Um, and I had like a lot of customers actually contacting me, reaching out, wanting to basically um, get me to make things for them. So I say, okay, people really aren't booking the nails. People aren't booking the photo shoots. Let's just stick to what I know. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just basically, um, got a lot of feedback on the shirts and the sewing and everything. And it just basically let me, you know, stick to this one thing for so many years. Yeah. I love that so much. And it's a lot that I want to unpack for that, unpack from that. So for one, you got two different parents with two different like philosophies. So yes. <laughs> was it hard for you? Like 
so you ended up listening to your dad, but was it hard for you to like drop out of school and actually bet on yourself and figure out what was your one thing? It was, it was really hard because like I said, school was literally always for me. Like I was always getting awards. Like I was top 10 in my class. I graduated a whole year early from school. And it's like for me to have to call my mom and say, mom, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you feel like you're going to let other people down, but at the end of the day, you have to do, you know, what's best for you. There are so many women who are out here sleeping on themselves and not doing what it is that they know that they need to do. I used to be one of those girls, procrastinating, not showing up consistently, not being all who I know that I was created to be. This is exactly why I created my six-month dateless planner called the For Executors Only Planner. This planner was designed with a girl just like me in mind. The girl who has big visions, big dreams, big goals, but needs to show up consistently and plan with intention. One scripture that I always refer to is Proverbs 21.5. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. What are you planning? What are you putting in action? Write your vision down on paper and manifest the life that you desire and that you deserve. The link is down below in the description box. Make sure you order the For Executors Only Planner. And let's get right back into the episode. You only have one life, so you need to just live it for you. So it really did, like, it hurt me to have to call and get, you know, tell my parents this, like, I don't want to do school. And I'm already halfway through school at this point. So um, it kind of hurt a little bit telling both parents that because you don't know the reaction at first but my dad he is a big risk taker and I kind of like that I got that side from him my mom she's just like long as you have a backup plan you know do what's best for you but just have a backup plan at the end of the day and it everything worked out and fell into place and I think my mom once she see you know all right she really can do this she really can be organized she really can you know tackle every aspect of business so Mm -hmm. let's just give it a try once she knew I was serious about doing this and I could really do it she started pouring into my business and investing in everything and then it just really worked itself out I love that so from your story you was like okay you know school wasn't for you Mm -hmm. but did you even see yourself being an entrepreneur no I didn't like I I joined Facebook like I love Facebook Facebook has like groups for everything so I joined over 100 Facebook groups I'm like okay how do I do this how do I do that where do I start what type of business am I forming am I a sole proprietor LLC do I need a business bank account how do I do anything So it's like, I knew nothing about nothing. I'm basically on YouTube and Facebook groups. I'm learning from everybody all across the world. And it's like, once you connect with like-minded people and even people who really just want to do something different, Mm -hmm. once you start connecting with them, it really like changes your whole aspect. And it makes you not wonder like, how do I do this? How do I do that? It makes you wonder like, all right, when am I going to do this? When am I going to do that? Let's set a date for this. Let's set a date for that. Like it makes you want to push yourself harder and go harder. Mm-hmm. Just trying to learn everything about that side of entrepreneurship. Absolutely. See, and 
I just love this story so much already. And we ain't yeah. even deep <laughs> into a lot of shit. But it's just crazy how things just happen organically. Like sometimes mm-hmm. people can look on the outside in and think that you have it all figured out or that everything just prospered. But no, you had to go through a process as well of learning, yes. figuring out what works for you, figuring out what didn't work. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So now transition into your one thing. So you said that you started designing, you started sewing, making t-shirts. How did you grow your business from the ground up? Um, so basically when I first started, I was still in school. So I had um, a two bedroom apartment. I was working out of my, I turned my second bedroom completely into my craft room. Mm-hmm. So um, I basically just started um, making shirts during graduation time. Um, I had everything set up in my room, um, researching, doing everything I needed to do to get started. Um, from there, um, in 2017, I was getting so many orders from back in King Street, because at this time, I'm living in Greenville, which is about three hours away. So mainly all of my orders was coming from King Street. So I'm like, it's a lot of money spending and shipping and everything. And sometimes I would even like whenever you first start a business, you do anything possible to make like your customers feel like, all right, she she knows she doing she on her stuff. So it's like I'm even people calling me like, yeah, I need these shirts by tomorrow. I'm driving three hours away on an order I just got yesterday just to deliver five shirts. So I'm like, mom, this is not going to work. We got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So I moved back home for like a year or two. Um, I got my mom invested in my business, both my parents. They got me a shed in the backyard and we just turned it into like a big craft studio. Mm-hmm. So um, I moved from the apartment and moved back home and got a shed in the back. And it just expanded from there. Like literally everything piece by piece. I had one heat press to do shirts. I had one sewing machine um to make dresses I had just a small box of inventory and now it's just everything is huge I have like five sewing machines four heat presses seven printers it's just expanded so much and it everything really just started from me calling telling them I don't want to do this right yeah. so <laughs> something that just really stuck out to me because I feel like a lot of people sleep on moving back home Mm-hmm. And I think one powerful thing that you said is when you move back home, your business expanded because not only did your parents invest, like, yes, we're grateful for that, but now you cut down your overhead. So can mm-hmm. you talk about like, was it easy for you to move back home or did you kind of like have to <laughs> swallow your pride and say, okay, I'm gonna go back to King Street. So for people who don't know, King Street is such a small town. We have really much of nothing. Right. But it's it's also expanding day by day. So for me to move three hours away to Greenville, and it's just literally everything is there. The mall is five minutes away from school. It's like over 100 restaurants just five minutes away. The movie theater, skating ring, bowling alley, everything is literally right there. Mm-hmm. For me to just have to pick up and leave all of that city life and come back to the country, it was very hard. Like, yeah. I really, I kind of hesitated, but 
I also have a strong support system. So my family, you know, they're like, do what's best for you and the business at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I say, okay, let's try it out. Let's go back. Let's see how we'll do this. Let's plan everything out strategically. And then we'll see how it goes from there. So I did it. I made the big move. I packed up my apartment. Um, I was done with school. Everything was just done with the Greenville life. So we moved back home. Uh, We got everything set up in the business. Literally from the time I got back home, it grew like times 10. Like it got huge. We were making shirts for memorials, schools, um, like 200, 300 shirts at a time for different events and stuff like that. We were designing wedding dresses for people. It's like, I always would say, you know, mom, I learned all this stuff on YouTube and people trust me to make a wedding dress for them. Like we just started out. She would just be like, trust, just trust yourself, trust yourself, just give it a try. Right. So yeah, we ended up, I ended up moving back and it just grew like you have to learn, even though King Street is a small place and it doesn't really have much, you have to learn how to block out negativity because people will say, you know, why are you moving back there? It's nothing there. It's nothing there for you. Uh, it's small, people negative, all type of stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's basically how you take in all negativity and everything. Me personally, I have learned to block everything out. Like I, anything negative, like, I don't let it get near me at all. Yeah. So I've learned to block out all negativity. I went home with a plan. Like, I was focused and everything took off. Yeah. And that speaks to me so much because once I graduated from college in Charleston, mm-hmm. I already knew, like, I was moving back home. None of what I had planned was working out. And of course, it was an adjustment living like by yourself. And like you said, it's stores everywhere. It's things to do. And now you got to be back home with your mama in King Street. Yeah. But it's just like the things that you can do to expand your business, to learn. And like I said earlier, lower your overhead. Why not make the sacrifice? Right. Because it's going to pay off. And I mean, you're not going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. And with that overhead too, it's like the money that I was spending in my two bedroom apartment, I used like all of the money that I would be putting into that. I started saving up for inventory, buying new products. My mama will always say, you know, you have all these, because when I first started sewing, she used to sew when she was in school. So she passed down some of her older sewing machines to me. So all my money I had from putting into that apartment and bills and everything, my mom just said, you know, you don't have, my mama is the type of person where you don't have to pay me anything. You know, you're my child at the end of the day. You don't have to pay me no rent. You just come, you know, do what's best for you and let's just work it out. So everything I was spending in rent, I ended up keeping stacking, saving all of that money to, you know, invest in better equipment, get more different machines, high-tech machines and printers and stuff, you know, to make the best quality products and everything like that. So all really any overhead I had whenever I first got started, when I moved back, everything was just zero. Like it was sometimes it's really just doing what's best for you. And that Mm -hmm. was the best thing. I didn't have to keep driving back and forth to deliver three shirts, five shirts. Then when I actually got closer, the orders got bigger. 
Because mm-hmm. when I was living at Greenville, people would also call and say, you know, okay, well, where are you located? When I would give them where I'm at, they would be like, we'll give you a call back. Mm-hmm. So being closer also helped with, you know, me getting more clients and stuff too. Yeah. So now let's transition into hardships. So we live in an age right now where I feel like a lot of people, they want to be entrepreneurs. They want to start these businesses, but I'm just a firm believer. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And clearly you have stood like the test of time just from trying different stuff and then going to find your one thing and it's just doing numbers for you. So can you talk about like the challenges that you experienced early in business and how you kind of like overcame them? Yes, I love this part too, because business is just not, it's, it's, business is good, but it's just not all, you know, rainbows, flowers and everything. People never really talk about this side of business. Business is hard. Hard. Business is like, (laughs) I used to stay up almost a whole day, like never getting any sleep, trying to get things done. Um, I never got like just starting out. I really wasn't too familiar with business grants and business credit and getting business loans and stuff like that. So it was me basically pouring all of my money from my bank account into my business. So it can be very draining, especially, especially if you go in without a plan. Right. So, um, I have, um, like spent almost all of my money in the business before, um, whenever I first got started trying to pack up everything, get to King street, leave Greenville. Um, it's like, okay, what am I going to do? Like everything is draining me. Am I supposed to pay for all this stuff all the time myself? Like, how do I do this? Um, It's really just whenever you see things going left, you have to just kind of fall back a little bit and reevaluate your situation. Try to figure out, you know, how can I do this? How can I do that? How can I get that? Mm -hmm. So you have to basically be careful with spending for one, putting all of your own personal money into it because it can be draining. And also you will have some customers who just aren't satisfied and Mm -hmm. that's okay. You have, I had to realize, you know, that was okay. I've had customers before who just wasn't satisfied and, you know, I'm beating myself up at the end of the day, trying to make things right, you know, spending hours at a time trying to perfect what they thought was wrong but I you know didn't think there was a problem with it um it's just it's really a lot like (laughs) there I really can say it's hardships in business financially mentally physically everything like it's it's hardships um speaking of that yeah like that the last piece that you were talking about like when people aren't satisfied Mm-hmm. Do you remember like maybe your first encounter, like when somebody was just like, basically like they just had a bad experience. Like, do you remember how that went? Think. Um, I don't really have too many bad experiences because I do believe in having, being a good business person at the end of the day. Yeah. Like I am really about 
I'm serious about my business. Like I really have built this up tremendously. So I don't really have too many bad experiences, but the few that I do have, let me see if I can remember the first. Um, or it don't have to be the first. So, um, let's just take this order for instance. I had an order for graduation shirts, probably about 10 to 15 shirts. So I I used to do an old method of making shirts, which was vinyl. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody is familiar with making like vinyl t-shirts and stuff. Um, and then I switched, I just recently switched over to a method called sublimation, where the vinyl is basically on top of the shirt and the sublimation is infused into the shirt. So I had an order for a few graduation shirts and um, I shipped them. Everything was fine. I sent the customers pictures. They're like, oh, we love them. They're so nice. You know, that's what they can see through the picture. So they get the order and the customer text and was like, oh, yeah, we need a refund. So I'm like, you know, what's going on? I need a backstory or something. They're like, um, the shirts are not what we thought they would be. Um, we just got them in the mail. It's stuff. This is when I kind of first started out now. It's stuff falling off the shirts. The letters and stuff are peeling. So, you know, I'm inexperienced. I don't know nothing much about this. I just started. So it's like, I've shipped shirts before. So I'm like, okay, what could have happened? All I did was ship it, you know, a few hours away. Right. So I say, okay, send me pictures and videos. Let's make this right. Um, I got pictures. I got videos. Very much so. Things falling off the shirt. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Because this has never happened before. I'm just getting started. I'm new. I wasn't charging what I was supposed to be charging anyway. So on the order, I already did not make I made cents. What I made on the order was a few cents. So I say, okay, now I have to either refund them or get them, you know, some new product by the time the graduation starts, which was right. literally probably a day or two later. So I say, okay, it's my business. I can't call nobody else for money. I cannot get nobody else involved. Um, at the end of this order, I think basically what happened was I ended up going out buying another set of shirts. Mm -hmm. um, and I made basically made all the shirts over it was basically a trial and error process it was a mess up on my end of course um I learned that with the heat press is different pressures to a heat press and I just didn't have enough pressure on my shirts to keep like the vinyl stuck to the shirt yeah. so um just basically in that short amount of time of the shirts being shipped from me to the customer it was a mess. So I was, I'm thinking, you know, the shirts haven't even been worn or washed. How is everything falling off? Like the shirts are still brand new. So really it was just an error on my end. I did own up to my mistakes. Um, I made it right with the customer at the end of the day. I went out, purchased new everything, did the shirts right and got it shipped off. And just from that one error, it made me, you know, want to look into other methods of doing shirts as well like okay what else is out there besides vinyl work what else is out there besides the heat press that I have you know so it made me look into other methods of doing this and also look into other um machines and stuff that I can get to help me better this as well yeah so two things I hope y'all get from that number one just your customer service because today in 2022 you tell a business owner something and they get offended. And yeah. I'm just like, 
sis, I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out for your future customers because mm-hmm. honestly, we could come across like, you know, some people who really don't care about you or your business and they can get on social media and like talk bad about you. But the way you handled it was just like, like a business owner should. Like, mm-hmm. let's make this right. And then the second thing from that is, I just strongly believe that our hardships teach us way more than our wins. Like people, mm-hmm. they be looking down on the L's, the losses, but I just look at losses as lessons. Like, I'm not saying that you would have never like researched other ways to make shirts and stuff, mm-hmm. but this made you like actually research it quicker and figure out like, how can I make my shirts better quality? What can I do different? Yeah, and another thing with the losses as well, Kiani, one thing that I have learned too is you have to have all of your ducks in a row. So I say that because like we said um, previously, it's hardships in business. Everything is not just peaches and cream. I have had, you know, to put all of my money into the business. Chargebacks. I have had chargebacks when I know like it wasn't really my fault at the end of the day. So now I have a system in place where everything is really just straight by the books. Like nothing I do is off the record, off the books, none of that. I've had a few chargebacks as well within the business when I know there was like never a mistake with that. Um, So let's say a customer contacts me to purchase something. Um, All of the emails are documented through my website. Um, And, you know, me personally, this is just something I like to do. I'm pretty sure other business owners do this as well. But when I get an order for like a state I haven't shipped to, I like to look up the customer and just, you know, check out their social medias and stuff like that. So this specific customer did place the order um, for a few shirts for me and they did a chargeback on their account. So um, I had to contact the customer, you know, basically asking, you know, why was there a chargeback with your bank? Um, The customer said it was a fraudulent charge. They never ordered this stuff. Their car was stolen. But me, you know, I already checked them out on Facebook and I got a picture of them actually wearing my merchandise. So I ended up having to like, it's just a lot. Business is a lot. It's different sides she of business. She ain't gonna find you. So don't play with her. I will find you. So I had to basically send proof. I had to send messages, the email messages from my shop. I had to send all those. I had to send a customer wearing the stuff. And basically, at the end of the day, the bank ended up siding with me on the chargeback. Like, if it's a chargeback and you know that you did everything right by the books, you know it wasn't anything fraudulent or something like that, then you, I would say to other business owners, do not give up, do not quit. You see that chargeback to the end. Right. Like, it's your money that you'll be losing at the end of the day. Yeah. So, and people are crazy. A lot. How do you expect to get my product, use my time? And they don't want to play this fraudulent activity, girl. Bye. Right. That is not flying over here. No. So then I was just waiting to talk about this. So I think it was last year when you got your mobile. What do you call it? Yes. So it's basically just a mobile t-shirt truck. Um, yeah, I got it last year. So I was torn in between a storefront. And, you know, just something mobile. 
So I, the storefront is still kind of in the works for later on in the future. But me personally, I love to drive. I love to travel. Like I said, when I first got started, I was driving three hours away just to deliver two, three, five shirts. So um, it basically made sense to go mobile right now because you can do more things mobile. You can attend many events, vendor events, pop-up shops. Um, We attend like state fairs and stuff. We did one state fair last year. Um, This year we have a few lined up as well. So the fairs, they normally run like 10 days long each fair. You could just travel to pop-up events, flea markets, homecomings, many different things. So we basically, me and my boyfriend, we were going out to dinner one day and it was an old ambulance on the side. It was actually at a dealership. So we're on the way to eat and we saw it. And I'm like, that's, that's, the truck is nice. So um, it was, it was kind of beat up. Of course, the outside, the paint and everything is messed up, but it's plenty of ways to get something fixed. So I basically converted an old ambulance into a mobile t-shirt truck. And I have the inside done just like my home shop. Um, I have my equipment to make shirts on the spot um, or I make pre-made shirts at home and we'll take them to our events and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we have all of our rags, printers, heat presses, vinyl cutters, everything that we need is set up in there. Talk about and if it came down to it and we actually needed to like stay overnight somewhere, then we actually can convert some of the areas in the truck to like where you can sleep. It has a sink, toilet, everything in there. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. So the the crazy thing to me is you'll see an old ambulance on the side yeah. of the road <laughs> and say, I'm going to take this and turn it into a mobile t-shirt truck like was there already seeds in your mind that said you wanted something mobile wow no I always said I wanted a store so Mm -hmm. this is actually kind of my mama doing too because my mom is the type of person who she will research everything before actually jumping into something see me I like to just take risks and do it but my mom she's like no, you need to just think about this first. Yeah. So I always wanted a store. Like, I feel like business is good. You can afford it. You know, just see, just try it out. Right. So I've been going around looking for a store like for years, but really everything really, I'm a picky person. So I wanted it to be just right. I just didn't find the right thing then and there. So I'm searching for storefronts, searching for storefronts. And my mom, she's just like, you just need to stick to what you're doing. Work outside of the house and just travel and do vendor events how you do. But everything has grown so big, it's not enough space for me to put everything in my car and mm-hmm. travel to Myrtle Beach for a pop-up shop. Right. So um, I said, okay, I'll, I'll keep doing this for a little while until I find my storefront. And But I just need something bigger to take all of my equipment to another city because we make everything on the spot. If it's not something that's pre-made that you like, we can make anything on the spot that you want. So we have to carry a good bit of heavy equipment with us. So I said, um, okay, mom, I'll stop looking for the storefront for a little while, but let's just, I'm gonna go look for me a truck. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, just something bigger than a car, a little, like probably a Cadillac truck or something just to 
put all my stuff in. I wasn't thinking, you know, big ambulance. Right. But we saw it and the price was right. Like the price was cheaper than anything I actually thought I was going to go get. So it's like, let's just get this, rip everything out, gut the whole inside and set it up to travel. Once it was actually done, it was so nice. Like I wasn't, I would never think, you know, oh, let's go be vendors at a state fair or because we were just doing small vending pop-up shops and stuff. But since I've gotten the truck, we've traveled to like Alabama, Tennessee, like we just drive and travel to different things. And it's just, it's, I think this was probably one of the best things I could have did for the business. Yeah. And I just remember when you posted it and it's wrapped so nice. The way you, like when you put the truck, it makes you think, oh, what's that? Like, yeah, it you in. Like, when yeah. I tell you just the vision behind it, the creativity, I love mm-hmm. every bit of it. And yeah, I know, like, you. now you meet so many different people that mm-hmm. you have never even known, like, who LaQuinn is and what you can yeah. do. Yeah. A lot of people, like, whenever we go to different events and stuff, the truck, it really grabs people's attention. They always come up to us. And invite us to different events that they'll be having, like in their city, in their state, and stuff like that. It's yeah. like the truck, it really is an eye catcher. People mm-hmm. always come up to us, always ask about our products, shop, invite us to different events and stuff like that. So I feel like going mobile, it was really a good decision. So, Mama, you was right about that. You was right. <laughs> <laughs> she liked to say, I don't give her no credit. I always give my dad credit. But, Mom, this was a good decision. <laughs> Shout out to all the mamas out there, the supportive mamas. Right. <laughs> believe in the vision, believe in our dreams and goals before we even like, I don't want to say make it, but before mm-hmm. it's actually like a reality. Because right. honestly, some people, they don't have that support. They don't have like people backing them and supporting them and cheering them on. Right. Shout out to you, Miss Mona, period. <laughs> <laughs> so now then let's transition into our soul food section so during this round i'm gonna ask you some questions and i really just want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your head and then we can talk about it some more so everybody listening y'all know i'm from king street actually both of us we're from king street which is a very small town like we said earlier super duper country um i love soul food i was raised in a family that can cook really good so the first question then is what is your favorite soul food dish um, I would say collard greens with um a lot of smoked meat in it. And we actually just had that yesterday too. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, you're the first person on the podcast that ever said something else besides macaroni and cheese. Literally. I'm not really a big Mac fan. I like it a little ah! but not that much. I don't know why. I just I don't know. I prefer greens over Mac. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on the collard greens, but literally everybody on the podcast has said, I think with the exception of one person, everybody else has said macaroni and cheese. And this may be a new one too, Kiani. So I do not eat chicken at all. I don't eat chicken. No kind of chicken. Fried, baked, lemon pepper, nuts. Now I used to, a long time ago, I used to, but like probably 10 years ago I stopped eating like I don't know why I really don't know people always say why don't you but it's like certain meat 
smells a type of way or when I eat it, it tastes funny and stuff. Like chicken just started to smell and taste funny to me and I could never stomach it for a long time. So for 10, 10 or so years now, I haven't eaten a piece of chicken. That's crazy. I cannot imagine they cook it a lot without chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I need me a nice little hot wing. <laughs> no. So our next question, give me a crock pot story. I feel like we live in a time right now where everything is so microwavable. People want things instantly. Nobody wants to wait on anything. So can you tell me a time where something in your life or in your business had to slow cook in a crock pot? I used to be that person where I wanted everything to happen instantly. Like I always wanted instant everything. Um, a good example would be getting sales. So um, everything does not happen like basically overnight. It took me a while to build up like my clients and my products, my inventory, everything. It took me a while to build everything up. So um, first starting out up until now, I had to basically go out and promote, go out, advertise, pass out flyers. Like we would be driving to grocery stores, the wreck, um, parties after the club, just putting flyers and everything on cars, putting our business card, putting our prom flyers, putting our t-shirt flyers, everything. Like we really had to grind from the ground up. Then when I was in Greenville, you know, I knew nobody. So nobody knew me. It's like, okay, how do I make myself known here? Right. Versus King Street where all of my sales are coming from. So I have the King Street market down packed. How do I get other places? How do I expand? Mm -hmm. Like, I have clients in King Street, but I have zero clients in Greenville. How do I do this? I'm like, this is not working out. I, I want to move back, but I don't want to move without, you know, having the clients. So I basically had to slow cook my clients in Greenville. Um, we did the same methods. We did ads. We passed out flyers. We did everything we could. We started like hashtagging, using hashtags on social media. Um, basically, every, every each method does work in its own way. Um, you just basically have to get out and put some grind behind what you're trying to do, what you're trying to get. Now we have clients in Greenville. I have shipped to almost every state in the U.S. We've shipped overseas. Like um, you really have to just put the work behind what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, we had to end up building all of our clients from different areas from the ground up. Um, it just takes, you know, some action behind what you're trying to do. I love that you shared that story because I'm pretty sure there's somebody listening and mm -hmm. they think that because they're not getting a whole lot of sales, it has something to do with them and they may want to give up. But it's like, no, everybody goes through that period like we don't oh, just yeah. end up and our businesses take off like you actually have to put in the work and you got to even right now today like I've been in business for five years and it's still some days it's zero sales some days 200 sales some days 500 sales it's just each day is different you know each day each time you don't know what the next person is going through you know um you don't know what 
your next potential client is going through. Maybe they want the product, just not right now. Maybe it's just not payday. You know, you just have to be consistent in what you do. If you be consistent, the sales will come, the clients will come, the consistent clients will come, not just a one-timer. But if the product is good, if the advertising is good, if the customer service is good, the clients will come and they'll come repeatedly if you're doing it right. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope y'all got y'all penny y'all pad because (laughs) Ned clearly knows what she's talking about. Okay, clearly. So our next question you know when you eat some real good soul food it's your go-to no matter what is never going to disappoint what's your go-to what is it that keeps you motivated what keeps you inspired to become a better businesswoman knowing how far i have come really keeps me inspired like just recently um probably in 2020 or whenever like the pandemic first started I was in a funk and I did not want to do anything like I had no motivation at all. So um, it's two. We have two sides to the business where we sew and then where we do like custom shirts and stuff. So around 2020, uh, I'm still sewing, still making the shirts and everything. But everything in the world, almost everything shut down and closed. And it's like wow that's gonna affect so many people so many families so many like jobs and everything um it actually hit me because the school started to close and it was prom season whenever this happened so we have booked almost 20 25 or so prom dresses that year and you know everything shut down and they kept like sending out updates okay we may have prom we may not and with custom work you know a deposit is required to book custom work because it's a custom one-of-a-kind piece made to fit your body type and your measurements. So we can't resell it. We can't do anything if it's specifically made for you. So um, deposits are taken. During this prom season, we took deposits. Again, it's like 20-something dresses. So when the schools finally said prom is canceled, it's like everybody is texting, what do we do? we need our money back. How do we do this? What are we going to do? So it's like, oh my God, again, it's coming back to that time where how do you handle this? You know, it's your business. You aren't working for somebody. You aren't an employee. You can't go to a higher up and say, how are we going to deal with it? It's up to you to figure it out for you to decide. Like me, I, I think fast on my feet. So of course, I'm devastated. So it, yeah. it took me like a little while to figure it out. But during that time, we actually, um, most of our dresses were for seniors who were graduating. So we did give them the option to either still get their dress made because some parents did have like small things for their kids at home, like in the backyard and stuff. So you either had the option to still A, get your dress made or B, just use the money that you paid for your deposit to get shirts made for graduation. So a lot of people decided to get shirts made like for their families and stuff for graduation. And I like to tell them too, you already paid your deposit for the dress. You know, if you get shirts made, you can still charge the people who's going to get the shirts from you. That way you will still have extra money too, but you already paid 
for the shirts, you know? Right. So we had to think on our feet. We gave them options. It ended up working out at the end of the day, but I said all that to say, you have to basically know how to maneuver yeah. in everything because it's just going to be situations that you never had to deal with before. Mm -hmm. um, that makes me, like, it keeps me motivated. It gets me, like, me trying to come up with something quick, like, that makes me want to go harder. It makes me want to know, like, what's next? What's going to be the next problem? You know, I'm not looking for problems or anything, but it's like, all right, I just solved this. I just handled this good. Yeah. What's coming up next? You know, I feel like I could take on anything. Yeah. So that year, yeah, when COVID first came and everything, it was just, it was a lot for the whole world. And I actually stopped, like I stopped sewing for like two years. This would be my first year starting back with prom. Mm -hmm. And it just like, I had so many people emailing me and calling and texting, you know, saying, hey, are you doing prom this year? Are you opening up prom? Prom is back in schools. Can we get in your books and stuff like that? And it just made me feel good to know that there's people out there that still remembers that I do this because I haven't posted any dresses, any custom, nothing in two years. Right. So for everybody to remember and to reach back out to me, it's like, okay, you was doing something right. So yeah, let's get back out there. Let's get out of this funk. Let's keep, I was still doing the shirts, but the sewing had just stopped since COVID happened and a lot of money was wasted. A lot of people's lives was changed. Like it's and in business too, it's not always about the money. Like you have to be passionate about, about what it. you do. Yeah. Like you have to be passionate. I am very passionate about my craft. Like when I first started, I was staying up two, three, four o'clock in the morning, finishing projects, learning new techniques, doing everything. But over time, you learn, you know, you have to set boundaries. You have to say, okay, I'm going to put this time in for the business. I'm going to put this time away for my family life, for my friends, everything like that. You have to know when to separate each thing. Right. So it's really not always about the money. It's not always about the money. You just have to be passionate about what you do. And I was just glad that whenever that came and happened, I had another option for the girls mm -hmm. to get something else done versus everybody losing out on money or anything like that. Yeah. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that speaks to your adaptability. Like you really find out who people are when they are in pressure, like in yeah. stressful situations. And you could have easily been like... I'm not dealing with this here. Get y'all money back. But now mm -hmm. you done took two L's because I'm pretty sure you had them bought fabric and all type of stuff. But I mean, you still ended up finding a way to make it work for you, yeah. your company and all of your customers. And then just touching on your point about it's not always about the money. I like to say it's about the money, but it's not about the money because you can't get into something for money and think that's going to sustain you. Business is way too hard for that. Like right. it's too inconsistent for that. And even mm -hmm. when it is on the up and ups, you can have a 10K month, a 20K month, and then a 5K month. And then you reflecting like, dang, I just had a 10K month. Why am I having a 5K month now? Right. So right. you really, really, really have to be passionate about what it is that you're doing. And I just believe like when you're walking your purpose, the money will come. 
Right. And right with that point there, Kiani. So whenever the prom stuff did happen and we had to end up doing all that, like the fabric and everything was already purchased. So it's like, even if I give them the option to get that fabric, you know, it's like they don't have anything to do with it. Right. They can't. So prom is canceled. What are they going to do with it? So it's like, why would you offer them something that, you know, is not going to benefit them at the end of the day. So um, what you said about 10K month, 20K month, something like that, right then and there, right after we got the resolution for all of the girls with all of the prom dresses, everything, literally a few days later, um, we made some face masks. And whenever COVID and stuff first started happening, we just posted, you know, in our group, oh, we couldn't find any cute masks we like in the store. So we made our own. And it's just me modeling a few masks. Ladies was like, oh, because the group I made, I think that was Black Girls Craft. So it's mainly just ladies. And they're like, these are really so cute, you know, because I have all this prom fabric. I've already gave the girls, you know, the option to get the shirts, do this. So it's like, what do I do with all of this fabric, you know? We don't know when prom will be coming back. We don't know when the next events will be happening. So it's like, I have big crates and crates of fabric. So I just made a few masks and I'm like, okay, yeah, prom was canceled. This is what we did with some of our fabric. And ladies was like, oh my God, how do we purchase? How do we purchase? Literally a week after all of the prom and everything happened, we sold in one week, almost $10,000 worth of masks. Wow. I'm like, Mom, this is this is fake. You think it's real? That's this has never, never happened. This has never happened before, Kiati. So I'm like, Mom, is this real? So really, after we came off the high of everything that had just happened, I'm like, all right, how are we gonna make all these masks? What are we gonna do? So like, that was the very first time I had to actually set up my website. That's what triggered me to set up my website. And to start getting sales coming through the website so we can have a better system in place. We can track the packages. We can track everybody's order. They can have their tracking number. That's how I initially started the website. And um, it was just shocking because, you know, I'm still kind of fairly new. And for us to just post in this one group and do numbers like that, it's like, wow, this is insane. Does our work... Does the mask look this good that this much people want masks? Like, it was really crazy. So for the next month or two or so, we worked on making masks. Um, We were still doing the shirts and everything. Um, Proms were canceled, so we were working on shirts for graduation and stuff like that. But it really worked itself out in the end. And I like to say, too, when you are good, you know, to other people and stuff like that, good karma will come back to you so I kind of felt like that was our good karma in a way yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. that is crazy yeah (laughs) crazy so now our next question the itis so you know once you eat some real good food you just want to lay on the chair you tired so tell me what are you sick and tired of seeing relating to either money or business Um, sick and tired of seeing this is a hard one (laughs) well I know I'm I guess I am 
I see a lot, you know, it's a lot of people just jumping into, you know, entrepreneurship and stuff. And the number one thing they like to do is compare their self to people who are skilled or who have more resources or who've been in the game longer than them. Right. I personally do not like to compare anything I do to any other person on social media or in the world, period. It's good to get knowledge from people who has been in it longer than you and who may be more knowledgeable, but it's not good to compare your business to the next person's business. They may say, oh, this person sold 50,000 graphic tees in a month and we only sold 50. You know, it's small steps. It takes a lot to do this. Like you don't know what that person had to go through to get those sales or to get those clients or to set up their business the way they had to set up their business. It's like, I just want new and even existing older businesses to stop comparing themselves to other people on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook. Just let your business go in the direction that it's going in. Just basically train your business the way you want to train it. Don't follow in anyone else's path. It's okay to get knowledge from people, but at the end of the day, make your business unique in your own way. Absolutely. And we have to like consistently remind ourselves that the thing that we see on social media is what people want us to see. Mm -hmm. Like people, because there's a lot of people posting, you know, a lot of people posting screenshots of their Shopify sales, of their Wix sales, but not many people are posting screenshots of the chargebacks or talk about it refunds and stuff like that. So you have to keep all of that in mind. Like business is good, but like I said in the beginning, it's not always peaches and cream. Like it's it's so many things to having your own business. Like it's long hours, it's headaches, it's mm-hmm. everything. And then whenever you start dealing with other people, you know, it's a lot. You have to make sure you're on point. You have to make sure you have good customer service because yeah. the way you talk to people and treat people as well plays a big part in that. Absolutely. Because you you really only have one time. I'm not going to say one time because I give people grace. That's one thing mm-hmm. that I really don't like. A lot of people sometimes don't give like black small business owners grace when it comes to different things. But how you treat people is so important. You can't just treat them nice just to get them in the door. And then as soon as something happens, it's like, girl, whatever, I got your money. Like, Right, right. Another thing too that since you just said that, I kind of don't like when a lot of people get online and say, you know, this person messed up. That's why I don't shop black owned or I don't like anything black owned. That's kind of like my number one business pet peeve that I just cannot stand. Just because you had one bad experience, that does not mean you can categorize every black owned business in the category with the one person that messed up. And just because that one person did mess up that one time, they may not do it again. They probably learn from that mistake because we all make mistakes when we're first starting out. Like I said, I had vinyl peeling on somebody's shirt very first time, mm-hmm. but I make sure to say, you know, I hope this doesn't, you know, interfere with you connecting with my business again in the future because it was honestly a mistake and I learned from it. You know, people learn from their mistakes as well. Like, 
we mess up. Some people are in it for money. Some people are in it for the long haul. But it's like, if I'm trying to perfect and make right the mistake that I did, give me another chance, you know? Like, let's just not categorize all businesses in that same mistake pool. Yeah, exactly. So now our last and final question is, mm, that's good. So, you know, when you take your first bite of some food, honestly, mm-hmm. if it's good, you're probably going to say that, like, mm, that's good. So can you close us out with some words of wisdom for any young adult who is an aspiring entrepreneur or is currently an entrepreneur about building a business from the ground up? Yeah, so one of my favorite people that I like to watch and listen to is Steve Harvey. Like Steve Harvey is really motivational. He has a lot of speeches that I just love. Um, One thing that he always liked to say is you can't be afraid to jump. Don't be afraid to jump into what you want to do. Um, venture off into what you want to um, do and things like that. I would say with that, if you feel like you want to start a business, do it. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Yeah, it's good to get opinions and insight from other people. But at the end of the day, no one can see your business vision the way you can see your vision. When I got my truck, an old beat down ambulance, nobody could see the vision I had for my truck the way I could see it. It's like you talk to yourself in your head. Well, me personally, I talk to myself all the time in my head and it's like, girl, you right. Like that'll look good. This or that, you know, I'm saying all type of stuff to myself. So it's like, Don't let anybody persuade you not to start your business. Mm. Um, If you have a current business, don't let anyone persuade you to not go forward, to not take risks, to not do this or do that. Do it. Jump. You have to get started in order to see if it's something that you want to do. So um, I would say do it, start it, don't give up. Even if it gets hard, times get hard. Do not stop. If you need to take a step back and just break and relax, do that. Take a few days off, take a month off. Just don't stop. Do it. Jump today. Harriet, thank you so much, man. We honestly have closed it out no better than that. Like I said before, I hope y'all got y'all notes, y'all pen, y'all pad, everything. But more importantly, take action because you can listen to these stories and get inspired by other people. But at the end of the day, like you can do the same stuff. But mm-hmm. it starts with what Nin said. Like you gotta jump. You gotta start. Like I just wanna get to the point in my life. And I actually feel like I'm already there and it's just something that I'm consistently working on, is where I start doubting my doubts. So many people like they don't do stuff because they're doubting themselves or they're letting fear paralyze them. But it's just like, no, you're not going to know. And if you fail, so what? At least you learn something. Right. You just don't want to. Like I tell my sister all the time, one of my sisters, she want to start so many things, but she always like she just won't jump. And I always tell her it's best to say, okay. It's March. 
it's best to start it in March versus it's coming up to be November and you saying, dang, I should have started in March when I was talking about it. Just do it now. The time will pass. Either way it go, the time will pass. So yep. just start it right now in that moment and let the time pass. Learn, take risks, just do it. Time will pass eventually. You don't want to be six and seven months into the future saying, I should have started that when I said I was going to start it. Just exactly. do it now. Right. Growing up, my mama always told us, take risks. You do not want to be the woman that says, shoulda, coulda, woulda. And like mm-hmm. those words always replay in my mind, like, because so many people say it, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Right. And we look at older people who wish they would have did stuff different when they were our right. age in their 20s. And I'm not living my life with no regrets. Like, don't be mm-hmm. afraid to fail. And I'm putting fail in like quotes because I just think that failure is our best teacher. Like, it's nothing wrong with failure. Like, we need to start embracing failure. Like, right. I failed. Pat me on the back. Let's stop mm-hmm. just cheering for, you know, for all the wins. Right. I agree. And on that note, too, what you just said, I just want to say, hey, Miss Tan, we just <laughs> love you so much. We talk about her all the time. <laughs> I'm going to make sure she watches this part. She's been watching to all of our podcast episodes. I'm like, Ma, listen to this whole thing. Full <laughs> But thank y'all. We're really Nin. Thank you so much for being on the podcast episode. I love what you're doing. I'm inspired by what you're doing. And I know that this conversation is going to help a whole lot of people just bet on themselves and take action. So thank you. And thank Thank you all for having me. Of course. And thank y'all for tuning in to another episode on the Responsible Homegirl podcast. Always remember with exposure execution and consistency there is absolutely nothing you can't do so i'll see y'all on the next episode